This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events. Chicago's next mayor will inherit a boatload of water problems. This is Reset. I'm Michael Puente in for Sasha Ann Simons. First, there are the lead pipes connecting homes to water mains that need to be replaced. And Chicago has the most lead pipes of any U.S. city. There are a whopping 390,000 lines throughout the city. Beyond lead pipes, the threat of homes flooding, investments into green infrastructure, and rising water levels will also be on the mayor's plate. A recent Sun-Times opinion piece by Joe Brelmeyer spelled out these issues. Here's the president and CEO of the Alliance for the Great Lakes. Joe, what legacy does Mayor Lightfoot leave when it comes to water issues? So the four big areas are, as you mentioned, lead service lines that bring our drinking water into our homes. Uh, There's a challenge of affordability, how much people are being charged for water. Then we've got the fact that even with billions of dollars invested in dealing with our sewage and stormwater problems, we're still seeing sewage overflows into our rivers and occasionally the lake, but uh, most urgently people's basements. And then, of course, you've got the eroding shoreline, as you mentioned. So there's this constellation of water problems and challenges. And Chicago really exemplifies these issues that are facing cities across the Great Lakes region. Well, we mentioned Chicago's lead pipe problem. So let's start right there. The city has more lead service line than any city, more lead service lines than any city in America. What can a new mayor do to build on the effort to replace these pipes as started by Mayor Lightfoot? So there's no safe level of lead in your water. That's first and foremost. So getting these pipes out of the ground has to be job one. And as you said, Chicago's got the largest burden of any city in the United States. The good news is that we actually have billions of dollars in federal investment available for the first time at this level since the 70s because of the bipartisan infrastructure law. And so the next mayor is really going to have to be ready to take advantage of that program and start turning those dollars into lead service line replacements as quickly as possible, because the progress we've made so far has been, um, to put it mildly, disappointing. Uh, Only about 280 lines have been replaced. We've got a massive burden. We can go much faster, and the resources are available. Chicago's just got to see the leadership it takes to get there. Why why does Chicago have so many lead service lines compared to other other cities? Well, Chicago uh, was one of the last cities to actually stop installing lead service lines as recently as the mid-80s. And so it's become more and more commonly known that there's no safe level of lead. And we look back, that wasn't that long ago that all these buildings were still getting lead service lines. We've also got a lot of older housing and there's tends to be more lead in older housing. And so uh, all that's combined to leave us with a, a crisis in the ground that is out of sight, but definitely can't be out of mind. So in 2020, Mayor Lori Lightfoot introduced the pilot program aimed at replacing 600 lead lines. As of today, the city is falling incredibly short of that goal. So what what is a reasonable goal for a new mayor in setting tackling this issue 
of replacing these lines. Well, there are there are a lot of moving pieces here, and I'm, so I'm not going to presume to say what, exactly what that goal is. Mm-hmm. But I think we should be talking on the order of you know thousands and pushing into tens of thousands, uh, in, you know, into the five figures uh, annually at a minimum to start getting a handle on this problem. We've got to get multiple city departments lined up. So this is it's about Department of Water, but it's about anybody who can move earth and actually you know move the move the streets. It's, everybody's going to have to be engaged to make this problem go away a lot faster. The state of Illinois has allotted Chicago 50 years for the replacement of all that service lines. Um, But we've had smaller cities, you know, you've seen get this job done within a few years. Now, they're not as big as Chicago, but our progress can be much faster. But this is definitely an issue the next mayor is not going to be able to ignore. Absolutely not. It's been a priority. Of course, everybody's aware of the Flint water crisis. Uh, it's now been a priority for the association, the, the trade association for water utilities across the country. Um, this is not only is it not going away, but it's getting more and more expensive. And most importantly, it's causing more damage to people's health. Children are the most susceptible to lead poisoning. So the longer we wait, the more opportunity there is for lead to get into our families and cause those problems. So no, this is something that the next mayor has got to take head on. Now, there are some inequities that you see when examining where these lead pipes are and who's being affected. What, what yep. can you tell about? Tell us about that? Yeah. So as I mentioned, older housing stock tends to have more lead, right? So not only lead service lines, but potentially even lead plumbing in the home, lead fixtures. So part of it is that older housing, when you have concentrations of older housing that align with concentrations of lower income communities, you tend to see a greater lead burden in those places. So places like, you know, the Southwest side of Chicago, right? Um, you also do see lead, uh, lead, um, levels being higher in other more affluent communities that also have older housing stocks. So it's really important though that the the communities that are getting that see the greatest combined cumulative health burden are the ones that are dealt with first and get those poisoned pipes out of the ground. Now besides these the lead pipes, water debt is also yeah. a significant problem in Chicago and communities of color hold the city's largest water debt burden. What does this mean and how could the new mayor address this? Well, we of course, we often think about water as a utility, right? We pay our, our water bill for drinking water. We pay our sewage bill through our property taxes. Water, though, it's a human right. Safe and clean water is a right for all life, and that's how we should treat it, right? So nobody should be out of home because they haven't been able to pay their water bill. And Chicago has, uh, fortunately, has banned the, pro- the, the act of of drinking water shutoffs, right? So nobody can have their drinking water shut off for non-payment. We have a ways to go though. So there's a utility billing relief program that needs to be brought into play that can actually provide some of those hardest hit households with support for their water bills. Unlike um, heating, there is no federal support for paying water bills. Um, And so while we're getting a handle on a rate structure that's actually more fair, more equitable, we've got to get that building relief in place so everybody has that basic access to safe and clean water services. Well, you mentioned this earlier in our conversation, uh, the problem of flooding. The mayor is going to have to deal with this. As many homeowners know, heavy rains can create not just flooded streets, but flooded flooding in people's homes and basements. Talk about why you are saying this is the mayor's problem. What what can he or he the person the mayor next mayor do to address this? 
So uh, if you've lived in Chicago for a while, you know that there's a big deep tunnel project, as it's commonly called, right? We've spent billions of dollars to dig pipes and holes in the ground to hold combined sewage and stormwater. And we get billions of gallons sometimes of this when it, when we have an extreme storm. That can do part of the job, and that's really good. We've reduced the amount of that, that sewage that's go- that goes into Lake Michigan dramatically, and it's going down in our rivers. We still, though, see backups into people's basements. And this is combined sewage, just to be clear. We're not just talking about rainwater. Right, right. Um, you've also got situations where you see flooding over land, right? So anybody who the South Shore neighborhood, for example, and in Edgewater, when the lake levels were high, you saw a lot of that water overtopping the lake and kind of flooding the streets. For basement backups uh, and like those more localized uh, overflow problems, we need a, a strategy that brings natural, nature-based solutions into play and actually looks at our neighborhoods differently. And so where the rain falls, we can absorb it and deal with it there so it doesn't cause flooding. That combines with these massive billion-dollar, you know, concrete projects to really protect homes, protect people's health. And that's where, again, the new mayor is going to have to coordinate across a number of city departments to make that happen. And that's the city's responsibility, and they've really got to take leadership there. And we got spring coming. Well, it's yeah. already the official day of spring. And, <laughs> that's right. you know, Doesn't... spring rains and that's uh, flooded basements is uh... – is a huge headache. Yeah, it really is. And and you know, first and foremost, this the next mayor has to protect people's health in their homes and where they live and work. And and this is a great example of that. Having sewage back up into your home shouldn't be a 21st century problem for Chicago. Well, let's turn to another another water problem you pointed out, and that's the climate crisis. You know, catch us up. How has the climate crisis impacted the water levels in Lake Michigan? Uh, so if you've lived in Chicago for a little while, even just less than 10 years, you've seen both a record low and a record high level of Lake Michigan. So record low 2013, record high in 2020. Um, the, the extremes are getting closer together. They're happening faster, right? So it's natural for the water to go up and down. But climate change is making the extremes hit uh, more frequently and less predictably. And you saw that climax in 2019, 2020, where you mm-hmm. saw that flooding on the south side lakefront and the far north side lakefront, you know, going over the walls of the lake, um, flooding people's homes, taking out power in apartment buildings, right? We're getting, this is the new climate reality for the Lake Michigan shoreline here. And while the water is now down a bit, this is the time to reinvest in the shoreline and actually build up those protections. Again, naturalizing the shoreline where it's possible can make it more resilient to that kind of flooding. But we've got to protect our lakefront neighborhoods, first and foremost, our lakefront parks, which, of course, are the jewel in Chicago's crown, um, and make sure that we're ready for that next round of extreme water levels. Climate change is here, unfortunately, and a lot of those changes to Lake Michigan are baked in by the impacts of climate change from the last century. We can't do anything about that today, but what we can do is invest in the shoreline and make it more sustainable, more resilient to protect the people who rely, and millions of people who rely on and enjoy that lakefront every year. Well, when you say that, what do you mean by that? Is Mm -hmm. it just uh, installing more uh, barriers? How do we do that? Right. So there's a major uh, federal study going on right now through the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers that's evaluating how to reinvest in Chicago's shoreline. And that can look like, it could look like concrete walls. It could also look like naturalizing it in places, uh, reinvigorating beaches, which are great shoreline protection. It also means making sure that there are the places where there's potential 
damage to the lake being done, um, like on the southeast side of Chicago, uh, in, in the in the confined disposal right. facility, is right. the subject of a, of litigation right now. Yes. That those areas are being protected, so they're not leaking anything into the lake, right? So the solution is going to vary depending on where you stand, um, but the opportunities are out there as long as our next mayor works really closely with the federal government and makes sure that that shoreline resilience plan gets gets uh, completed and built. You know, looking back a little bit, what legacy does Mayor Lightfoot leave when it comes to dealing with water issues? Um, I think that there were a lot of good plans laid out, um, you know, during Mayor Lightfoot's transition. And I'm, you know, unfortunately, I'm a bit disappointed that we didn't get to realize some of those plans for for Chicago and for the Great Lakes. Um, And so looking forward to working with, you know, our next mayor to really put water at the center of, of their environmental agenda and really understand how important the Great Lakes, our rivers, and all the people who rely on that water are uh, every day to Chicago. What are there any other big issues the city's facing when it comes to water? I think uh, you know the a big thing is recognizing that no single agency can do this on their own. Um, the new mayor is going to have to show leadership, and I and I'll say that one of the challenges I've seen over the last four years has been you know an absence of leadership on water issues in some places. Right, they're really going to have to step up show how all these city departments and agencies can actually work together and make sure that they're making that, you know, safe and clean water is a priority, effective enforcement of regulation is a priority and protection of the public health. Uh, The next mayor who brings all those things together is going to have a shot at taking great care of our great lakes and our great rivers. Do you see pollution as a, as an issue? Cause we do know that, you know, the industry in Northwest Indiana and steel mills and even other industries in Chicago can contribute to pollution into the lake, do you see that as an issue? Yeah, abs- I mean, the, absolutely. The the threat of pollution of lake to Lake Michigan is always there. Whether it's coming from you know the CDF uh, on on Chicago's southeast side, whether it's coming from U.S. Steel in Northwest Indiana, or occasionally, unfortunately, from our own sewage overflows mm-hmm. here in mm-hmm. Chicago, uh, that's always an issue. And we want to make sure that the mayor, what the mayor can do about that, is first, you know, protect our clean water here at home, right? So going through these priorities and making sure that they're addressing them head on and then also making sure that they're carrying that message out to, you know, the rest of our Great Lakes region, you know, for example, where Chicago's leadership can really shine, but it's got to shine first here at home. Joe, where can people learn more about what you do in the Alliance for the Great Lakes? Sure. Our website is easy, www.greatlakes.org. We have lots of volunteer programs uh, that people can get involved in. And there's lots of you know great organizations working on these issues throughout um, Chicago, and there are lots of ways to get involved. So I encourage people to uh, really understand your water and uh, make sure that you're uh, telling our next mayor uh, how important it is to protect it. That was President and CEO of the Alliance for the Great Lakes, Joel Brommeyer. Thank you, Joel, for being here on Reset. Thank you. This episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Michael Liptrot and edited by Meha Ahmad and Ethan Schwab. We're going to continue covering the mayor's race and the big issues Chicago's next mayor will inherit once they're in office. So subscribe to our podcast here or wherever you listen. I'm Michael Puente. Sasha will be back tomorrow.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.